morning. 10.01. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to, uh, morning. I always want to say table yeah, talk. Not table talk. <laughs> one decent pastor. One decent pastor. I got Mr. Jeff here. Actually, we have like one and two-thirds decent pastors right. here today. Yeah. So. yeah. We got one decent pastor and then whatever's over here. So, um, yeah, Jeff, again, Community Bible Church. Yep. Welcome, sir. Mr. Welch. Thanks always love having you. you on here today. Always love having you, here. Yeah, always love having you on here. Um, especially for the, the topics like we have today. Right. <laughs> Today's just random. Like someone asked me what we were talking about this morning, and I just said random questions, like a mailbag, yeah. you know, kind of yeah. thing, although they didn't really, like nobody submitted them. <laughs> it's, a, it's a secret. It's our own mailbag. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You, <laughs> questions we've been asked over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, Brent's not here. He is enjoying some time with his family. Actually, probably not yet. He's still on the road, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, yeah going to Fort Lane. So. Yeah. If he is there, I wonder what he's doing. I don't know. It's 10 o'clock, and then what time do you have to leave to be there by now? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's on the road. Seven still. hours probably. Seven yeah. yeah. So he'll be over there relaxing till Monday <clears throat> or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, we got the men's little men's camp out that's starting tomorrow. Tomorrow. Um, at Gordon's place. Um, and most of you are going like, well, I don't know who Gordon is or where Gordon's place is. So we're going to post direct. <laughs> I'm going to post directions tonight on Facebook. So keep your eye open for that. You'll be able to find it pretty yeah, easy. There's not really an address. Right? There's not exactly. an address. He's off the grid. You don't let that stop it's you in from the coming. Pine, so that's why. Yeah. We were talking about that earlier. Like he's off the grid. And I, I, I've been out there once and there's like no addresses on these places. Like there's no street signs on the roads. Yeah. Like it's a secret. And he's just got this full like satellite dish of, of solar panels. And, you know, I mean, these, these people are serious out there. So yeah. I don't know what Gordon's done or what he's doing, <laughs> but that's where he lives. And we're all going to go crash it. Well, we just got a thumbs up on Gordon not having an address. Oh, cool. All right. <laughs> Whoever that was. Yeah. Thanks, man. Gordon. <laughs> anyway, we'll get you an address so that you guys can find it. We're just going to hang out. I'm going to go out tomorrow afternoon, I think, pull the trailer down. Uh, we're just going to eat food, have a bonfire, shoot guns, ride motorcycles, you know. Yeah. The, the things that men do. Right. So. Yeah. And I think uh, if Tony Sprando's organizing a motorcycle ride, like if you guys want to meet here, he can get a hold of Tony to figure it out. But I think I'll like ride out together on their bikes. They're going to ride from here to there? I think so. Get, get a hold of Tony to figure it out. He's organizing some some kind of motorcycle ride. It's hardcore. Uh, he posted on the, the Door Facebook page the other day, so you can find Tony uh, that way in our, in our Facebook groups. Cool. Next yeah. week, obviously, is Easter. Got the Good we, Friday service. We got the Good Friday service, which is going to go down next Friday night, not not tomorrow night, but a week from tomorrow night at Community Bible Church. Both uh, both of our congregations are going to get together, and um, we're going to uh, celebrate, even though we're not supposed to, uh, what Christ has done. So, <laughs> right? We're supposed right. to be like... Oh. We're celebrating. Yeah, we're going to celebrate it. So. Yeah. It's going to so be good. It's not going to be somber. It's, it's not going to be somber. somber that's occasion. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we're going to have communion, and uh, we're just going to enjoy the Lord yep. together. So it should be fun. Come on out for that, for sure. I'm bummed I'm going to miss it. We, we have a vacation that we scheduled months ago and just didn't even realize that we scheduled our vacation in the middle of Easter. It was God's will that you missed it because there were only three sayings left. That's right. So it, wor- it worked out the way it needed to work out, but, but bummed to miss it. Yeah. Did you get the, the last saying correct, Jeff? Because I think you duplicated one of them. I don't know. Uh, well, Chad, we I think we were trying to figure out which one Chad did, and then which one did you do? I, last I, it was Father Forgiven was my okay. last year. Okay, and so Brent, we had to change that. Okay, yeah. I think we got it right though. Okay, okay. I'm still trying to figure mine out. So what do you mean? People are getting a peek behind the curtain right now. <laughs> you know which one you're doing, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. But it's like okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> I haven't even I haven't looked at mine either. I think I asked these guys a question about it the other day. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, but other than that, is, I'm is looking Christ at Christ on the cross saying to his mom. <laughs> Giving his mom to John basically is right. take care of her. Right, so. not not one of those passages that you tend to pick out and go, I really want to right. preach on this. Yes. And at the same time, it's something to it. There's there's something right. really unique to it. So yeah. So, so just for people that don't know what we're talking about, last year we did uh, four of the seven yeah. sayings yeah. of Jesus. Final sayings. Yeah, final on the cross. Yeah. So this year we're doing the remaining three. Three. Right. Yeah. Because there's only three of us. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so God's providence, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So we're looking forward to it. And then you got obviously Easter sermons on Sunday yeah. to take. It's going to be a busy week baptism. for you. Yeah. So. yeah. Baptism too. Huh? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's funny how some of the most uh, like celebratory like weeks of the year for right. the church and the pastor <clears throat> is not the most is the most brutal yeah. week for the pastor. Yeah. Yeah. It is. But 
we get through it. It's worth it. Yeah, that's what we yeah. sign up for. That's what we sign up for. <laughs> um, what else? Anything else to announce? Or are we good? I don't think so. All right, I'm gonna pray, and we're yeah. gonna we're gonna get going on these hot topics. All right. All right. <laughs> Lord God, thank you so much for the opportunity once again to gather and to just talk about you, uh, to just uh, investigate and um, uh, have our uh, our thoughts challenged um, and and be provoked um, to having a deeper, better. Uh, understanding of you um, and so we th- I thank you for the company that I'm in here I thank you for these guys that you've put here um, that they share that same passion and desire to know you more uh, we pray for Brent and his his wife uh, that they would have just a, a refreshing time in Coeur d'Alene that you would get them there and back uh, safe and that it would be uh, enjoyable and uh, yeah we thank you for being with us today we thank you for being with us at all moments of the day God and we ask that you uh, bless us through uh, what we see uh, in you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Cool. So I threw, we're doing a mailbag today through these together, so not one topic, but uh, but a few. Not sure how this is going to go. <laughs> I, I, I do want to start off with this, though, actually, a little curveball I didn't, I didn't share with you guys, just because it's been so intriguing to me. Um, you guys have both been uh, listening to the Rise and Fall of Mars yeah. Hill, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, if you don't know what that is, the rise and fall of Mars Hill is kind of, uh, I think it's Christianity Today it is, has yeah. put it out. Um, and it's basically, a, I think it's called long-form journalism. Mm-hmm. Is that what, it, what yep. it's referred to as? And so basically it's a it's an audio documentary on the church Mars Hill where Mark <coughs> Pastor, uh, Pastor Mark Driscoll was a... a uh, was pastoring it for for years up in Seattle. Grew really quick. Got really big. Um, in a lot of ways, I would say changed um, church culture in America sure. uh, probably forever. Yeah. In some I mean, ways, Driscoll and that church had a huge influence. Yes, mm-hmm. and then it um, it exploded. It died, um, and so there's this whole documentary that's come out on it, which I highly recommend. I think we actually recommended that a while back. I think so. Um, you can find it on any of the podcast platforms that you regularly listen yeah. to. Yeah. And so how far through it are you? Uh, I'm on episode 9, or finished okay. episode 9. And I think there's a total of 12. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then there's some, some few bonus ones, too. So yeah, there's some bonus ones. There might be 15 or 16 in total with the bonus yeah, and stuff, and, and maybe a few more to come still, yeah. I think. How, how far through are you? I listen to the whole thing. What, are you guys, what have you guys <clears throat> found most beneficial so far for yourselves mm. with, with what that offers? Yeah, I, I think for me it's it's just part of it has been just thinking through the reality of as a pastor, you know how I, it, you look at that and you think that could be any of us. Right. You know, if we if we don't have things in our lives, we don't have people in our lives right. that are, you know, kind of regular accountability and checks that way. True. Um, and, 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 and probably some of that is inviting that as well. You know, we're inviting people to ask those hard questions or, and I think just for me, it was like, it's easy just to kind of, I think, and I think we, we probably do this too well in Christianity is we tend to point the finger, Yep. you know, where I think it's instead of looking at that saying, I've got to reflect upon that as well and see the characteristics that were there and, and are, and yet being able to look at my own life and say, okay, are there any warnings of that as well for me as a pastor you know because i think that's i think what happens as pastors and i think our our we've created it in the church culture as well as we tend to elevate the pastor above everyone we do like it's like you know so so it's kind of the higher the platform or the higher the the pedestal you put him on the the bigger the fall is going to be you know and i think it's i think part of it is 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 for me too is just Trying to help our churches understand that we're first Christians, yeah. you know, and and then you know, I mean, and then our there were husbands and fathers, and then we're pastors. Correct. You know, and yes. I think it. I think um, for me, it, it's it was. I think part of it too is just not finding my identity in what I do. Yep. You know, but who I am in Christ, and then allowing His Word, His Spirit, to continually convict and work. And have just have people around me that are willing to ask hard questions and say, "Hey, I'm I'm concerned about this, or I see this in your life. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that a little bit?" Sure. You know. Sure. Um, we we've, we've been reading Paul David Tripp's book called Lead, 
which was, uh, I think, written after, and, and I think written as a result of that. Yeah, because he was a part of that. Yeah. He was, I think, advisory mm-hmm. uh, for a long time on the yeah. board of advisory for Mars Hill. Yeah, yeah. and he right. just wrote 12 principles on just how to have healthy leadership community. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that those are the things that are just helpful to realize. But, sure. I, but yeah, it was fascinating to watch, and then I think what it does, not only warnings for myself, but then when I see it, around me I'm like oh I I might need to sit down and have a conversation with them. well and that and that's the that's the weird thing is that you're looking at this church that was probably one of the biggest churches at one time in America mm-hmm. um, but you're looking at the characteristics the tendencies both of the leader as well as the mm-hmm. congregants right toward that leader and the truth is we can we can see it all over the place right even in smaller churches yeah. right there this isn't like only a big church no. thing. This is a small church right. tenant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was you know kind of amplified because of the size yeah. you know, of Morris mm-hmm. Hill. But you know, like you know, I think the thing that stood out to me a lot was just this idea that like Driscoll is the brand, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and you, you got a charismatic person, you know, like a, a dynamic personality who's out there who's you know has the ability to engage an audience and mm-hmm. hold their attention, and someone who's you know, a good speaker, good communicator, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, and you know, like like the guy knew his theology. I mean, things went mm-hmm. off the rails, but like he he was a sharp guy, you mm-hmm. know. And I don't think that we would probably disagree with a whole lot of, of the theology of, of Driscoll or, mm-hmm. or Mars Hill. Yeah. But in practice, it became this kind of. <clears throat> you know, we take our American ingenuity a lot of times and, and, and bring it into the church and say that we've got to build something. Right. And I love the idea of building something. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I love that idea, but. Um, you know, we see in the example of Mars Hill that just this idea of having a brand and, and trying to build something, um, it just went off the rails. Mm-hmm. And, and oftentimes, you know, like the benefit of being in a smaller church when you don't have the resources to kind of go big or go home. Yeah. Um, you know, growth is slow. And then I think maybe God kind of intends it yeah. to mm-hmm. be that way. It's actually a protector. To, to not have explosive <laughs> right. growth. Yeah. Not yeah. um, saying that God can't do that. I mean, right. we've seen you know, through church mm-hmm. history that you know, times where you know, there's been explosive growth and just movements right. of God. Well, yeah. you even think like at the, the very beginning of the early church, you think of the day of Pentecost. Right. You think about that first sermon. Right. You right. think about thousands of people. Mm-hmm. It's explosive. They respond immediately. But <clears throat> what does God then do with it? Right, um, he he scatters those people. Mm-hmm. Those right. people go back to where they came from, or persecution comes to Jerusalem yeah. and moves people out. Right. right, and so the gospel goes from being centralized to completely scattered. Right, um, and you go, wow, what a great strategy. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. Um, and and yeah, there's probably something there for us to pay attention to. Yeah, when or if our churches grow. Locally. Well, I think if you're trying to build a company or a business, right, yeah. you, you might want to focus on a, on a person and a brand and, and those kinds of things right. and someone's, you know, dynamic personality and their skill set or whatever. Right. But, um, you know, we often try to translate those things into the church and it just, yeah, it's just not meant to be that way. It would have been easy for all those people to go, oh my gosh, like we got to stay next to Peter. Like, right. like this, right. dude, this dude's got something going on, you right. know, and God just wasn't having it. Well, he well, just didn't allow he it. He had some people in his life that, that did question him and those people got fired. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's they just like, the, like they sent him back. Yeah. yeah. He was looking for yes men. Yeah. Yeah. He, he wanted dudes that played ball. Yeah. And so at the yeah. end of the day, there was a rejection of, mm-hmm. you know, accountability, a rejection yeah. of, of wise counsel. Right. So, so why should people, so in my opinion, this, like, there's two really important works that have come out in the Christian world in the, in, you know, the last 10 years or so. Um, that I think are maybe some of the most important works for the Christian that we've seen in a long time. One of them is the American Gospel Part One, mm-hmm. um, and then I think this is the second one. And, we t- and, I, and I think it should be a prerequisite for preachers or people <coughs> thinking about church planning or thinking right. about becoming a pastor. I think it's a prerequisite that they like actually sit through this. Yeah. <laughs> but I believe our congregants also should pay attention to this. Yeah. Why? Sure. Why should just regular people in the church pay attention to something like this? Well, I think it's, you know, part of the role of the congregant, you know, is like to keep the pastors accountable. Like, mm-hmm. like, like we all submit to one another. You know, God, God has established leadership in the church, but it's not necessarily like, a, you know, leadership and followership per se, like a mm-hmm. hierarchy as sure. much as it is like we all have roles to play. Sure. 
right? And and some people, their role is to be, you know, a congregate that serves in the church. And other people, their role to play is to be an elder or a deacon. But but there's we all kind of submit to one another, you know, in that. And, and like mm-hmm. the pastors aren't aren't above the law, right? You know, so to speak. And mm-hmm. and so you know, for congregants to, to be aware of these things and to pay attention to them, mm-hmm. uh, like there, there's a responsibility that, that congregants have, you know, to their local church mm-hmm. and to their pastors in that way. For sure. Yeah, and I think too, you know, is it's it's helping people to kind of um, to not only be mindful and aware of those things, but I think to come into churches with their eyes wide open. Yeah. You know, sometimes I think is I think especially this would be true for new believers. You know, is coming into a church and 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 almost forgetting that we're still a, lot, a bunch of sinners. Yeah. You know, we still yeah. are are making mistakes along the way. We're still not doing things perfectly, and right. you know, this side of eternity. But I think it's also it, it also it it's helping them to see that, okay, the church is full of sinners, and that's what makes the church unique is that we we're coming together around the gospel and around Christ, you know, and yet we're all different types of people and unique personalities, and so trying to figure out okay how did, what does this look like, how does this work together? Sure. Um, but I think there's also that aspect of it where um, <clears throat> being mindful of some of these tendencies that, you know, even listening to some of those things you could see and hear um, helps, I think, to bring some accountability to that as well. Yes. And I think part of it, too, is as pastors, I think we have to be open to um, constructive criticism. Sure. Um, I think, you know, as I look at just pastoring, I, anything that's ever said, no matter who it's said from, I always try to take stock and say, is there anything here that is true? Um, could just be somebody doesn't like you and they just want to say whatever they want, yeah. and that happens. Yeah. But I think it's it's one of those things where being able to, to look at the American gospel and the rise and fall of Mars Hill, and, and I think there's some other ones that are out there as well, that I think it just helps people to be mindful of what can happen in a church yeah. when, when there is an accountability for everybody. You know, because I think that's what separates the church from being just a crowd of people to a church, you know, is there is that aspect of, I mean, it's why we, you know, we use the big word polity, is there's a, there's a difference. Sure, in leadership structure know. matters. Yeah, Government that's how matters. That, that goes. I mean, yeah. you guys, you know, similar here, it's like, okay, you have a group of men that are making the decisions, right. praying about those decisions, working through that, doesn't mean there aren't going to be mistakes. Right. And it doesn't going to doesn't mean that you're going to do some things that aren't going to make people mad. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But I think it's those things. I, in my mind, are just helpful to for people just to be aware of. In fact, I think yeah. I think everybody joining the church, yeah, you know, yeah. ought to ought to sit down and listen to those things. I agree. Because I think they're. I mean, there's so many things that we probably read that there are times when I think I wish our people knew that. You know, yeah. or somebody is, you know, posting something on a platform on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Like, but you're you're sort of preaching to the choir, for sure. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. My my uh, I was thinking obviously along the same directions, but it's it's easy for us as pastors to to listen to something like this and see all the red flags, right. like all the right. Okay, don't do that. Don't <laughs> right. do that. Like, there's a lot Take of lessons out. learned, right? right? But I think also for like the congregants, why it's so important is is that is that we we. Uh, I don't know, maybe it, it keeps us level again as far as the celebritizing mm-hmm, that sure. is in us. Yeah, for sure. We want a king. You know, we're, we're so much like Israel, you know, mm-hmm. just naturally yeah. in, in our sinfulness yeah. and, and um, wanting that, that immediate deliverer, mm-hmm. you know, um, that, that we can put people in the wrong place in our minds, in our hearts, and, yeah. and in our pulpits. Yep. And so I, I think it's... Uh, Mark only got away with it as long as he got mm-hmm. away with it in large part because he, he was being celebritized yeah, by so many. Sure. There were few people that were calling him on stuff. There were many people yeah. that were championing um, his personality and his yeah. character. And so we have to be really, really careful about that, mm-hmm. you know, on both ends. Right. So Now, I think that yeah. that plays into just, I mean, all of us, I think, probably have some sort of <laughs> narcissistic tendencies, whether we want it <laughs> I don't think you not. can be a pastor and not <laughs> right. have them, right? <laughs> but I, yeah. And I think just being able to be aware of that and say, yep. I mean, because now, you know, we're seeing things happening like with Hillsong and other things that are going on, you know, where, again, same thing. There's, there's, one is there's not an accountability. The other is there's not a willingness to be accountable. Sure. Because right. I can, yes. I can be as accountable as I want to be. Yes. Right. Right. But I think to have 
people that, and I think part of that is our hearts, you know, yeah. that and that humility that we're continually striving to have, so that when somebody comes and says, "Hey, brother, I'm, yeah. I've heard this, I've noticed this," I'm, yeah. Yeah. or our well, kids he, come and say, "Hey, what happened to you? You're Dad. being a jerk at home." You know? it's like, <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> I think another thing that matters too that, that's worth mentioning is that, you know, I think the average congregate, just like in America or in the West, you know, their, their involvement in church is, is a very consumeristic involvement, mm-hmm. not, yes. not a, a, a mindset of like contributing to what's going on and being a part of things. And, and so, you know, I think we have to continue to reinforce in our churches that mm-hmm. like this isn't just for you to come and consume, like you're part of something, yes. right? And you're connected to something mm-hmm. and, you know, your presence matters, your input matters. Yeah. Uh, it's not just about you coming to consume because yeah. I think when you have kind of all these just consumers, it's easy to like, well, that's their problem. It's not mine. I don't have to pay attention to that. I'm, I'm still getting what I need, you know, out of this thing. Um, and there's not, you know, always a vested interest, for, yeah. for lack of a better thing to call it, you know, yeah. a part of kind of average conference. Yeah. So it can be helpful for, for us in the pulpit uh, being responsible for the teaching and in a lot of ways setting the thermostat, the spiritual thermostat of the local church to, um, for lack of a better term, slap the hand yeah. of the people once in a mm-hmm. while, um, with that tendency and, and remind them, right. I am nobody. <laughs> that this is this is nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and constantly redirecting their eyesight and yeah, um, and all that stuff. So I, I think it's really important, obviously, yeah. for pastors to do that. And it can be done falsely, but it's still true. Like right. it's something we should be letting them know that we'll, we're fully aware of their tendencies and ours. Right. And so let's just cut the nonsense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and kind of keep it that way. But I think too, you know, that one of the things that is helpful. Is I think just a willingness on our part to be vulnerable, you know, to share failures and successes. Sure. But I think one of the things that we we sort of are seeing—I don't know exactly the word I would use for it—but um, there's a lot of pastors that are, you know, we could throw out names of, of pastors that they don't share any sort of vulnerability in the in the pulpit. Yeah. Um, and, Do you want me to and, throw one and, out? And I think no, there's, I think there's, you know, I mean, obviously I there's a, there's a, there's a limit to that, right? Right. Um, but I think it's it's also one of those things too where, when you don't hear that, I think what it, that does too is it again it keeps that pastor on the pedestal. Absolutely. Like, sure. They never fail. So. Absolutely. Sure. So, so we have a little bit of control over. Right. Our own pedestal. Yeah. 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 Maybe not full control over it, but right. a little bit of control <laughs> yeah. over yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this this kind of stuff, like what happened with Mars Hill, has has come to be labeled or known as uh, failure porn, which is which is why right. <laughs> it's so um, intriguing for mm-hmm. people to go to sure. and listen to because there's something about or some sick part of us that. Mm-hmm. has an interest in the failure, you know, of, of a fellow pastor right. or, or something like that. Um, but but beyond that, I, I love what you guys said. Like, there's there's value <laughs> in this for us if we're looking at it for ourselves. Right. If, if we're looking at it and reflecting <laughs> on and examining where we're at and how we're doing with all these mm-hmm. things. And that's the yeah. benefit of it. So we would really encourage you guys, um, whether you're a pastor or not a pastor, mm-hmm. um, to go and tune into this. I think you can go anywhere, iTunes, yeah. any, of, you know, any of your podcasts, uh, the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill is what it's called, and uh, dig into it while you're going on a walk or while you're going on a hike or in the kitchen cooking or whatever. Um, it's pretty pretty good stuff for all of us. So. One cool. thing that, that's been, you know, for me in this, is, so it's usually I'll listen to podcasts when I drive. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, so we've been without internet at our house for about six days, which feels like we've been living in the Stone Ages, you know, <laughs> Wait, waiting for... Is it still on? It's on now. Oh, but, but we had about six days without internet, Do right? you have a satellite phone? <laughs> uh, well, I still got cell service, and so oh, I yeah. would listen to the podcast at night before I go to bed. Were you curled up so, naked on the floor in the corner? <laughs> no. Withdrawals? Not, not quite, but but I, but I would listen to this, you know, at you know, 10 o'clock at night, you know, throw it on an episode or whatever, yeah. listen to a couple episodes and, and then go to bed and then I found myself just kind of laying in bed pondering and processing just mm-hmm. you know each you know for about these six nights in a row mm-hmm. of binging it uh, and just you know praying praying for the church mm-hmm. you know, praying for our church but also just kind of the church as a whole uh, with regard to these things yeah. and like you talk about you know like we love you know good failure porn mm-hmm. um, you know I think listening to things like this you know ought to lead us to pray and to consider, yeah. you know, just our own way and our own involvement in our own churches and, yeah. and those kinds of things yeah. rather than just like looking at a car wreck, you know, that we can't turn away from mm-hmm. and continually going back to look at the disaster 
um, you know, that you know, hopefully it would cause us to, to consider and to pray, you know, for our own churches yeah. and our own leaders. Good. Yeah. Perfect. You ready for the next one? Thanks for that little hiatus. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to talk about that. <laughs> Should we dramatize Jesus's life for television? Mm. So, like, there's been a lot of discussion. You've got, obviously, now The Chosen has been the, the latest, newest, greatest, um, like, example of what, you know, evangelical culture has gravitated to. Um, I'll, I'll just be honest. Like, I've never liked when they take a gospel or they try to take the Bible and do right. something with it. I'm right. super critical. I'm super skeptical. I pick Same. it apart. Um, the Chosen. It's rarely been done well. I... Like, I kind of like, I'm okay with it embellishing and doing what it's doing because it seems to capture the heart of, I think, what you read in the mm-hmm. Gospels. It's, it's fallible. Um, but, but there's a lot of discussion going on. You know, people fall, Christians fall all over the yeah. place. Like, no, like, like, it's not accurate. Like, you shouldn't be watching that. You shouldn't be promoting that. And then other people are being completely blessed by it. So that's, that's, the, that's the first question. Should we dramatize, period, Jesus' life for television? Why or why not? Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have the medium, you know, available to us. You know, I, I, like we have to consider um, maybe temper our expectations. Like if you know, like Hollywood has a motivation, you know, for doing this that, that might not be the same motivation. Like if we were going to undertake some kind of project, sure. right? But not that we have you know the budget to do something like that. But like Hollywood's motivation is to put something out to an audience that's going to generate money, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think if we go into these things knowing that you know. Their their motivation isn't necessarily to spread the gospel, right? Right. Um, that tempers our expectations, mm-hmm. and we can look at something and say, okay, like here's here's the good parts about it, here's the not so good parts about it. Mm-hmm. We can measure, you know, what's what's biblical, what's extra biblical, what might be anti biblical, right? And, and have a good perspective, um, you know, about it. But you know, I think we we have the mediums that we have, and you know, why not use them as much as possible for the glory of God? Yeah, I can get down with that. Jeff, you want to add to that? Yeah, I think you know. There was a time when um, sort of the Jesus film, mm-hmm. I think it was based in the Gospel of Luke, was used and still yeah, is yeah. in in actually like different villages. Right, or something. Yeah, and even beyond that, that's still being used. You and know, it's basically a <laughs> boom, boom, yeah, boom, it's basically, a, and it really, I mean, it, it it tries to stick closer to the biblical narrative. Doesn't probably take as much license as some of the other ones do. Sure, um, and people are coming to know Christ as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the caution that I probably have with some of these is, one is um, if, if, let's say, churches or other Christians are using this as a, a tool to witness to right. someone, I think we, or you know, to, to evangelize, I think we have to be mindful that it isn't always portraying a necessarily accurate picture of Christ. Right. Um, and and I think the other the other challenge I think is that sometimes it can um, what's the word it, it can it can sort of portray Christ as he's just only our friend right right but not okay he is the Son of God right you know and Savior of the world and there's a there's a deity and a humanity to him and sure. sometimes I think it sometimes some of these can try to portray just mainly the human perspective of yes. Of Christ, yeah. and so even with the chosen, I'm kind of watching to see, okay, how how are you going to portray things like when he speaks to, to the Pharisees and he calls them brood of vipers, or right. when he clears the temple and turns over tables? You know, right. that's a whole other aspect of, of sure. that. And I think sometimes the challenge, I think too, is that the Jesus that is being portrayed could be a Jesus of any religion. For sure, sure. yeah. So I think there's some of that challenge going on right now in certain people's mind. We just got an email, I think, maybe about a week ago or four days ago from a guy that was just concerned in Mm -hmm. our congregation that we would promote it or watch it because of some of the connections to the director and the guy that's actually, um, you know, putting it together. They're they're a different religion. We would even call them a cult. We would even call Mm -hmm. these people non-Christian now. Now, the extent of their influence, I don't know, but we know that they're close enough that they maybe could be... And yeah. influence, right? Same is true for us. We so have, do you... Similar email. So what would you tell not, somebody... Not from the same person, though. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, good. Awesome. So so knowing that, 
mm-hmm. uh, that that's true maybe about about this show yeah what would you say to your people would you would you say like stay away from it because there's this connection there or what how would what would you say mm-hmm. I, I think I would say um, be cautiously um, I don't know if hopeful is the right word, but just kind of moving <clears throat> forward. I mean, I, I, I've watched it, and I, I, we watched it as a family, and yeah. we, we, we really enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. I think it's, I think a lot of it is because of how it's, it's, it's probably made Jesus a little more real in some, some ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there's, there's emotion involved in all of it, and you get to see sort of these different things that are going on. Sure. Um, but I think it's also one of those things where I, um, I would, I would want to also tell people that if you're for some reason you're if in some way you're using this as an evangelistic tool right um make sure that you're portraying the whole counsel of christ sure you know you're giving people a full picture sure because i don't think that some of these have done that yet agreed right you know and i I think that's part of the even the ones that have been by the book and haven't added any dialogue or anything there's always something missing Mm -hmm. you know what i mean you're always looking at it going this falls so short of what I'm experiencing right. when I'm reading through the text. Right. Well, it right. seems like no matter what it is, it's either corny or inaccurate, or both, <laughs> right. right? Almost and, always corny. Yeah, yeah, almost always corny and, and almost always inaccurate in ways, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so so we, we have a measuring stick with, with the word that we can line this up against, right? And right. So, so we can look at, you know, regardless of whatever the connections are or the sources or who's speaking into things, sure. we can say, okay, this, this measures up to the Bible or it doesn't, yeah. you know, in these ways. Yep. Um, you know, like I was thinking about, and I think I've shared this story before, but you know, the, the Noah movie that came out years ago with Russell Crowe, right? Not, not great, very biblically right? accurate. Not great, but, but like there was a moment in that movie that that impacted me that was very unexpected, mm-hmm. and it was not to spoil it for if you haven't seen, if you haven't seen it, tune out for a minute. Um, but, but there's a point where you know, like when when the flood waters come and. Noah is in the boat, just in this dark corner of the boat, you know, curled up, and there are people outside just banging on the boat, like, let me in, and screaming, and I just never considered that. Like, growing up in the church and hearing the story of Noah's Ark, it was always about how God saved Noah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? It wasn't, you know, just that. How everybody mocked him for building the boat. Right. Right. (laughs) But in that scene, in that movie, I'm sitting in the movie theater just thinking, oh, my goodness. Like, that just hit me like a ton of bricks. And it... It was a, it was a weird movie. It was corny. It, it you know was not biblically accurate. Biblically accurate, but were that, the Nephilim moment, in, like were the that, Nephilim in there? Right, well, I think they, they were. were. They, they, they were like tree creatures. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Like part Lord of the Rings, part Bible. And so even that you know yeah. corny and inaccurate, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Like there was still an impactful moment mm-hmm. in there yeah. that has been helpful for me to consider. Yeah, you sure. know, something I had never considered. It's before. funny what God can work through, right. and oftentimes mm-hmm. does work through, yeah. mm-hmm. especially even even people that don't know him even things that are absolutely flawed and imperfect when i reflect on my life just in general it's mm-hmm. amazing how many times he has absolutely impacted me right through something mm-hmm. that really had nothing to do with him right? yeah and and that's just the reality of how yeah. god works mm-hmm. and how big he is yeah right? i mean i think it would, it would be similar to, i think what i would think of is like the you know that the i don't remember when they came out but the whole you know left behind series yeah. mm. um that's a and, great example. And it's like you're, okay, if you want to read it fictionally, I mean, I would say that about even like The Shack. Mm-hmm. It's like if you want to read that as a fiction, but realize it's that's not what the Bible teaches us, right? right? Or how we see that. Right. You know, but so, I mean, I know churches that were using The Shack as, hey, we're going through this as a Bible study. Right. Like, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's written by a universalist. It's yeah. like you're, so you're you're trying to help people discern like, Okay, if you're going to watch these things that, that have some sort of biblical background or, or are claimed to be biblically based, take them back here and sure. see if well, that matches at, up. You know, things like the shack especially, mm-hmm. but, but things like that, and like we're pretty quick to be offended you know, by right. those things as, as Christians. But but these are things that you know, like secular society is like you know they're they're reading the shack mm-hmm. and then they might be watching the chosen or are we looking at those things as like rather than being offended mm-hmm. by them that like here's a starting point for conversation right. with, with a secular world yep. that, that is engaging in these mm-hmm. things and so yeah they're corny sometimes yeah they're not perfect yeah they're inaccurate yeah they don't always you know portray you know the Jesus of the Bible but, but right. you know we have a, a launching point for a conversation. Yes. In those things, and, and I don't think we often look at those things in that light. That's it's good. like Paul yeah. did, right? When he's, you know, in Athens, he's like, he's like, you have a, you have an inscription to an unknown yeah. God. Yeah. He's like that God that you claim is unknown. I know, right. you know. Yeah. So I think that's true. I think, and I think even in the the Christian world, maybe even more so. I think we have to be able to read 
everything, even if it's it's claims to be biblically based or a Christian book or whatever or a Christian movie, with we have to have a critical lens as we do it. So that that I think is what it comes back to for me. Um, like if people in our congregation are asking me about it, should I watch this show or not? This is an opportunity uh, for you to know your Bible better. Ultimately, right. there needs to be a critical lens that we have as Christians. There's a responsibility that mm-hmm. we're given. We have no excuse because of what it is we have. Right. Right. Um, that that we can actually run everything through the filter mm-hmm. um, and know what is of God and what is not of God. Right. We don't have to be afraid. Yeah. But we can know the difference mm-hmm. between truth and and yeah. non-truth because of what God has, has right. kept right. and provided for us. And so I, I think it's it's a way we can spur on our people yeah. mm-hmm. to just be better Bible students. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Yeah. So um, I was going to go into a funny story, but I'm not going to. Uh, let's let's end this subject on this. Uh, there's there's a few places in the Bible. One of them is found in Proverbs chapter 30 that says, "Every word of every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in Him. Do not add to His words, lest He rebuke you and you be found a liar." Um, how does something like this? There's a clear um, there's a clear warning for us not to play around with what he's given us or give any impression that mm-hmm. uh, it's different or, you know, that we have the freedom to alter it. Um, how do you see that in light of, like, the dramatizations, maybe even the chosen? Mm-hmm. Is, is this what's, what's being talked about? Is something like the chosen or what does this verse yeah. mean? Yeah, so I, mean, I think again, I think you have to look at you know the source and, and temper your expectations. So like Hollywood's not trying to be as biblically accurate as, as they can be. There's a difference right, right there. Mm-hmm. Right? They're not. It's not their aim to do that, and, yeah. and not that that lets them off the hook necessarily. But but they're not trying to look right. to that. That's the difference. Right? And a lot of people yeah. don't understand this. There's a thus saith the Lord. There's there's something that's promoted as authority that's promoted mm-hmm. on the line of scripture that has been done throughout history by people, which is which is false. Where it's where yeah. it's being advertised as something on the same level as this and then there's just things that are clearly being said like this this isn't this right Right. you know what i mean this is a fiction or this is a you know an embellishment or my take on something and that seems to be fair game and the difference between Mm -hmm. you know what solomon's talking about and i think that even even like with the chosen there have been a couple of different things that i've i've watched with the the director Mm -hmm. and has said that i we're exactly this is our goal in this we're not we're not planning or seeking to be, we're, we want to be as accurate as we can, but we're also not just following the scriptures along these lines. So we are taking right. so we gotta make some, money. we are taking, well, yeah, we are taking some license with that, yeah. you know. Um, but I think it's as long as we're mindful of that and aware of it, totally. the same thing. It's just like you're, again, it's that critical thinking. I think and it really sure. is a more probably of a biblically infused critical thinking. And that's why I think reading, studying, knowing our Bibles helps us to be able to recognize the counterfeit when we see it. There you go, right. You know, because I think there are times when we recognize, no, that's complete contradiction. Yes. Yeah. So be a Berean. Well, yeah, because even, I think even in some of the things that we, we, we probably watch or we, you know, sit down and look at that we think, oh, that's Jesus being portrayed. I mean, AD and others, it's like, you got to watch them with just a critical eye. Yeah. And I found that, I think we all do it, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, but I found that even if it's not The Chosen or not uh, a Bible story Mm -hmm. movie, any movie I watch, I can't turn off my theological filter. Sure, right. Like there's a worldview, there's a critical thinking that that Mm -hmm. transcends whatever it is I'm watching or listening to. Right. um, Which is cool, but part of that's that, that I... I'm being transformed, mm-hmm. and I've been trained by something. I know where right. my authority and my allegiance is, right? Yeah. Because and a Christian will know that, and so yeah. it just causes me to uh, to obviously want to to know what's <laughs> sometimes true. It's, yeah. Sometimes it's hard to enjoy the. the <laughs> oh, it'll, it'll make to it, enjoy the film when you're. You're absolutely it. right. <laughs> it'll ruin it, which I think is part of the point. Right. I think that's part of you know God's God's plan. You yeah. know, is yeah. is you're not going to be able to enjoy certain things sure. you're used to, yeah. uh, and that's that's a blessing too. Right. I think we can even look at, and this is probably what we're talking about. Look at even you know, secular films that aren't meant to be, you know, faith-based necessarily. Yep. And we can, you know, because of our theological mindset, we can pick out things and say, okay, mm-hmm. like that, that's showing us something about humanity, mm-hmm. yeah. showing us something about who God is. Yeah. Um, and, and they're not even trying to do that. But but because of this theological mm-hmm. you know, mindset that we have, we can point those things out. Yeah. 
you know, like the Gospel Coalition for a while now has been, you know, writing articles on movies and pop culture and mm-hmm. things like that, trying to point out some of those things. Yes. And, you know, some people argue like they're, like they're stretching things maybe and, and taking some things a bit, you know, too far. But but whatever. It's sure. it's just helpful to, to, to think, you know, in mm-hmm. those terms. Yeah. Maybe you're going to go here, but I think of, you know, like Paul talks about to the Philippians that, you know, like there are people out there trying to preach the gospel for nefarious purposes yes. right, to, to sink Paul. And he's just like, at the end of the day, what matters is that the gospel is being That's preached. Right. And so in context of, you know, media, you know, Christian or unchristian media, that, right. that, you know, there's a sense in which we can be thankful for things that we might not fully agree with mm-hmm. because, um, you know, at least to an extent, it's getting the message of the gospel out there, yeah. uh, you know, invoking people's you know, thoughts and conversations and, mm-hmm. and those kinds of things. Like you said, it could be a point of interest. It could be a starting right. point for mm-hmm. somebody who's never going to walk into a church or maybe right. even have a serious conversation with a believer. Right. Uh, may not ever come in contact with with. The, the gospel uh, to, to sit down and watch something like this and yeah. it may spark something. And it's a whole different ballgame. Like if you, you know, say you meet somebody you know, out in public and you hear that they're watching The Chosen and your first response is, like, well, that's bad. You know, why right. would you watch that? You know, or it's like, well, what do you think about how exactly. they portray Jesus? Mm-hmm. Right? Like the, you just, take advantage of it. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Different yeah. approach altogether. Exactly. I think one thing we have to be mindful of as, as well is that on the on the the critical side of that, Jeff, don't get too, we can don't have get people. Critical. We can have people that are upset about some of the the methods that we can use. Oh, for sure. To reach people with the gospel, manipulative. Well, or or like they, um, it, well, I mean, it's 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 it may, I don't, maybe you guys don't have anybody like this in your church, but it's those that think, well, we should never use a Christmas tree. Oh, gotcha. Right, right. Because it has. Uh-huh. Right. You know, or Pagan we shouldn't. Yeah. You know, we shouldn't do these things. You know, we do around Easter or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like okay. Certainly shouldn't do a trunk are, or treat. Are the you know <laughs> right right are those and that, and it's like right. But helping people understand these are ways for us to connect with the community because it's right. something right. that they're doing just in general. They're right, just right. part of this. They don't, don't probably have any idea of the history of it, right. and they're not out worshiping Satan while they're getting candy. Right. You know what I mean? It's like. But we're getting opportunities to share the gospel with them. And I think right. we have to recognize some people will be upset because we are, right. in their minds, celebrating those right. things. And it's sure. like, no, we're not. We're and this actually... is the hardest part for us to, to really wrap our heads around as believers, right, mm-hmm. is is the liberty that we have. Mm-hmm. That person who abstains from mm-hmm. those things, whether it's holidays or not, is yep. doing it unto God. So they need to be doing that. Right. And those who participate and take advantage of yeah. it for an opportunity for the sake of the gospel, are doing it unto God. Yeah. And, and so it's it's not right, wrong, right, wrong. Mm-hmm. It's right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's your conviction and your faith. Sure. Before God, right. right. Sure. Yep. Cool. Um, we only have time for one more. I had a couple more questions. Um, oh, which one are but, they going to be? Well, that's, I, do you guys want to take a vote? Uh, which one did you guys prep the most for? What, was it was it pets or modesty? Well, uh, which These are pretty unscripted, so I don't know. Yeah. Where, you know Let's do... As far as prep is concerned. I mean, we know cats don't go to heaven. Okay, let's so. do that. Well, one. Well, that's obvious. You know. <laughs> but the, let's do the other one. Do you want to do the other one? Yeah, we, we, we can save this one for. So should we tell people what the questions are so they know what we're trying to decide well, we'll, between we'll, here? We'll the save. modesty one probably gonna take us would take a little more time. I, I think. think modesty could actually be an entire. It should it probably. Be. It yeah. should probably stand. Let's, let's do the other one. That's button on the top button on my shirt just right. for modesty today. Yeah. Dude, let me chest hair showing. I'm just kidding. Oh, we'll get to. I always button my top button. You got pets at home, Chad? We do have a pet. You have a heck of a pet. We have, we have Sully the Basset Hound. <laughs> Sully the Cannonball. Who, uh, Just dead weight. Right. Gosh. Who uh, does have his own Instagram uh, feed, by the way. Are you serious? I had nothing to do with it, but... Does she does dress exist. him up and stuff? Uh, I don't pay attention okay. to it. It's, uh, Good. He just threw Jill under the bus. Yeah. No, <laughs> well, no, no, no. She, when, when, if an animal like has her own Instagram or whatever, then usually like there's photo ops that are happening usually. right every week or something. And yeah. so I was just right. wondering. You could probably yeah. search it and find it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sully see, skiing. See Sully he's cute dog. So, Jeff, you got animals at home? Dude, pets? Just dogs. Just dogs. Yeah. No cats. So, so man. The, the, the you, you, you got Do you have pets? cats? Yeah. So like I didn't for a long time, and because uh, I'm. I'm like deathly allergic to them. Mm-hmm. And so I think my wife was able to go a, about eight years between her last cat and then me giving in to her having another one because she has to have her cat around. That just loves animals of all sorts, but has always had cats. So, yes, we have a cat at home. 
and uh, I pay the price in allergies for it because that's how much I love my wife. Yeah. That's how good of a guy I am. So I saw a meme a while back on Facebook, and it was a dog and a cat sitting on a couch, like a cartoon, and they're reading a book. And the dog is reading the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, <laughs> and the cat is reading The Art of War. That's right, dude. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. The question is, do our pets go to heaven? Do our pets go to heaven, a.k.a. do animals go to heaven? This is been a curiosity of, of yeah. uh, many many children believers younger believers this is probably one of their favorite questions to ask but there's a lot of adult believers too that love them some pets some dogs do they have and a cats. course on that in seminary do they, do they cover that no they should they didn't cover that huh no do all dogs yeah. go to heaven so. there's a movie about it yeah yeah I think they reincarnate based on one of the movies I saw so okay well let's uh, <laughs> use your dis- exercise your discernment there yeah. be a Berean yeah what I don't. Do you, I don't do you think? know that we can. I, mean, I don't know that we can find. It's a bit of a trick question, I know, for but it. it's a fun one. Let's right. just go with it, yeah. Jeff. But I think it's one of those things where, I mean, we all know, pets become, I mean, they become a part of our family. I think yeah. we we are surprised sometimes at how, you know, connected we get to them. Mm-hmm. You know, so that if they die or whatever, something happens. It's like, oh, they're. You feel like you've lost a, a family member. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I think maybe in order for us to feel better, we yeah. we talk about that. But I don't know that at the end of the day, we really know. So you're saying that, that like <laughs> there's that you know of, there's no text that is clear, right? That makes a clear statement regarding, regarding yes or no. That. Yeah, which is why it's debated and right. asked, and you know, yeah. It, it, it is it implied? Interest. Well, yeah. I, I, there may be a few things <laughs> that we could consider, right, in the text, even though, yeah, yeah, implication maybe. Uh, maybe even assumption. Uh, you know, I, th- I think of Isaiah 11 and Isaiah 65 come to mind. Let me just read the, the Isaiah 11 one real quick. While you're looking that up, yeah, go for Jacques, it. Jacques chimed in and says, pet cemetery, question mark? Yeah, we have a pet <laughs> cemetery, Jacques. Uh, actually, out back of every house we've ever had. So, you, yeah, you got to be careful when you're out digging or doing a project because <laughs> we keep them yeah. back there. We so. usually bury them at somebody else's house, so... Do you? <laughs> We've never had to bury a pet before, so... We've only had to bury one. We've buried other people's pets yeah, so, in our yard. Work. Yeah, which is weird. So There is a legit service out there I saw years ago for... I think it was specific to cats, but it was like if you want to make sure your cat... Like if you get raptured and, and your cat's left behind, like there's a service out there that you can <laughs> sign up for who will take care of your cat if, after the rapture. Cool. So a non-believer? So, it's going to have to go to a non-believing right. animal? Well, there's just there's a strong implication. It's not that in animal, bro. The, the, the cats aren't making it up, right? That's that's how I read into that. But, that's crazy. But, it, like, it's there. You can Google it and find it. I'm going to I'm gonna save this with some scripture. You ready? Isaiah 11 talking about the really the coming kingdom, everything being um, uh, glorified, purged, uh, finalized, you know, no sin. It says, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf, the lion, the fattened calf together, and the little child shall lead them, the cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, the lion shall eat straw like an ox, the nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, weird, mm-hmm. uh, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den, weird, and they shall not hurt or destroy in all thy holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And so, like, we can look at maybe a text like this. Isaiah 65 actually goes into the same type of idea, a different description, but same thing talking about the uh, coming kingdom. Um I guess what you could do with this is is maybe say, well, this is a metaphor when he uses animals, like it's not really right. animals, or he's really it, it talking really about be. animals right. that are going to be present in the finalization of what God is doing with his creation, the eternal state. Obviously, they're going to be present. They're not going to interact towards each other as, the, as we know them to interact now. It's going to look different. And so, again, an implication in Scripture mm-hmm. in places clearly is that, yes, there are animals in the finalized kingdom. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't really know how to get away from that. So, and if we don't have animals in heaven, then we're not going to have steak in heaven, and I can't imagine that kind of heaven. I can't imagine an eternity without bacon. Right. Exactly. So, <laughs> it seems that the entire 
It, it, it all, is God going to smite us for that comment? Yeah, no, he's not going to smite us. Yeah. He would have he smote us long before now, dude, if it was if it was like that. But it seems Go, to be... chime in with a really great comment here yeah, real quick. Yeah, yeah, so he it. says you have to interpret with Narsa Jesus to answer the pet question. Wait, who, who said that? That's Glenn. Yeah, Glenn Miller. I like that. Glenn, Good guest from a couple weeks ago. Good so. Glenn. You know, so eisegesis, exegesis, and narcissus. So, so, kind so of reading yourself into scripture. I'm, I'm going to reel this in. <laughs> We're having too much fun with these. Uh, there seems to be two ways to kind of to kind of look at this, at least in in my mind, that that heaven is only for humans. I think there's people that go that way. Heaven is only for humans, or that humans are the only ones needing saving in order to access heaven. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I do believe the latter is more of of what we would what we would see maybe biblically um, with with sure. what we have is it's it's not that heaven is only for humans mm-hmm. it's that it, it's that salvation right. is only is needed by humans right. yeah. in order to access heaven right. yep. um, animals are a little different Romans 8 talks about this creation groaning and, and mm-hmm. waiting awaiting its restoration but we know that the gospel because of Hebrews and other places is is for us the human race um, so uh I was thinking of another thing when I was considering this. That and was Acts, you know, sixteen thirty one. It says, "Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved." You and your household. Is he talking about dude pets as well? Humans, Nurse Nar- of Jesus, right there <laughs> it's, it's in the flesh. <laughs> I, I mean, I, and at the end of the day, I I've told people I don't, and I don't think that I have any problem telling yeah, yeah, people yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's. I think that's possibly possibility. Sure. They, yeah. They're in heaven. It, it I mean, except for cats, I have a hard time with that. But. Well, right. it's, people have a, a hard time with tarantulas because a lot of people have pet tarantulas <laughs> or pet snakes or pet, you know, monitors. You know I what I mean? Snakes, we right? all want the dog. We all want the cat. We don't. We don't want right. these these other things that don't make a lot of sense. But they, 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 it looks like, according to Isaiah 11, snakes will be there too. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, bottom line, you know, whether whether pets make it to heaven or not, like I don't think that's going to be our, our concern no. when the time comes. I mean, we're going to be, be looking for our pets enthralled with with the presence of God. Yeah, you know, and, and we're going to have everything that we need yeah. uh, for all eternity, uh, you know, to worship God. Yeah, um, you know, in heaven, and um, you know, if God deems that we need our pets to do that, right. then then we'll have it. And if God yeah, deems yeah. that we don't need our pets to do that, then we're we're not going to be missing anything or worried about it in any way. Yeah, well said. I'm, I'm not even going to say the rest of what I was going to say, Chad, because you just wrapped that up so well. All right, then. Jeff, you got any part, parting words on this? No, that was good. It's, uh, I mean, we, we probably, I'm glad we didn't go into the other one. We'll save it for another week. We'll save it for another week when you're here. Okay. And make sure you wear a turtle, wall wear turtle wear dickie. <laughs> <laughs> the Cousin Eddie dickie with the, the black, the black dickie awesome. with the white sweater. That's awesome. You got like white shoes to go with it too. You mean as a Christian, you're able to watch that show? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so good. It is so good. That's, awesome. that's probably my favorite Christmas mm-hmm. movie. Oh yeah. That's classic. I didn't say that, but I did. Yep. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'll say it okay, loud and proud. Right on. Um, um, thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah. Uh, if you have questions on anything, uh, make sure you send them in, and uh, we'll jump on them right away. If not, we're going to keep asking questions like this. So uh, you may want to send some in. Yeah. All right. <laughs> One of you boys awesome. pr- pray us out. I'll pray for us. Go for it, Jeff. Lord, thanks for the, uh, your word that you've given to us. Thank you for your spirit that guides us into all truth. Uh, we just pray, God, that you would help us as pastors, that we would live as you've called us to live, that we would... Uh, in humility, um, love and serve your church and shepherd them well. Uh, Lord, we pray uh, for our churches that they would uh, grow deeper in their understanding and uh, of who you are and what you've done, that they would grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus, and that, Lord, you would um, uh, just continue to grow them up in you. Uh, thank you for the new people we see mm-hmm. coming to know Christ as Lord and Savior, uh, committing their life to him and being faithful to him. Uh, help us to know how to best uh, help them and encourage them and shepherd them as well. Lord, we do pray for our Good Friday and Easter services coming up, that, Lord, um, you would be honored and glorified, that we would see people come to know Christ as Lord and Savior, uh, and that we, uh, Lord, would uh, just enjoy a fellowship uh, together as we do that. And so we just thank you for this day. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother, for being here with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always good. You you feel kind of like a regular now. We should just make you regular. How busy are your Thursdays usually? Depends. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gone next week, so just throw that out there. Thanks for joining us, guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.